0: Father, thanks for tonight, and thanks for your presence is here. My God, I I was sitting there in worship, and I felt God just stir my heart to expect more and to remind you to expect more. See, I can't stop him. I can't stop God tonight. I felt like he's just like this big tidal wave behind me. I, I can't stop him. The only thing that could would be low expectations. So tonight, how about you crank up your expectation? See, we're in the house of God. We're in his house. I said we're in his house. This is his house. And he can do what he wants in his house. He can put his feet on the coffee table because it's his house. He can watch whatever channel he wants because it's his house. God, we love you. It's an honor to be here in your house Do what you will tonight. We worship you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Have a seat. Hand for the band as they slowly work their way out nice. Finish noodling and work your way out. How many people were here this morning? Cool, cool. About sort of half-ish. So tonight will be uh, a lot of fun. It was great fun this morning. I love this church, I was saying, it's, a, it's an incredible church. You have incredible pastors, Pastor John and Dan, but I guess you know that, because they're like normal, pretty much, like pastors, but normal, like no God and, and everything, just people with a gift on their life. I sometimes meet people that, that have got complaints about the pastors, and uh, not yours, obviously, other ones, and... Uh, and I, and my answer is always the same. It's just, they're just a couple of people that got a dream and they're having a crack. We're, we're really, we got to have grace on people, huh? We really just people having a go, got a dream and having a crack at it. You know what I mean? And, uh, but I, I, I love you guys. And, um, as I like to do nowadays, well nowadays, starting this morning, I just wanna say that you're incredible. I just started it this morning. So I'm gonna do it everywhere now just to remind you how amazing you are. I mean, I have a normal job and then I just do this sometimes as well, which I love to do, so I do both. But I know what it's like struggling to get to church sometimes and it's Sunday night and you go, oh, I can't be bothered. But that you get something on the inside of you that goes, I just I think I'll go. You know, the Bible talks about God having a still, small voice. It's really still and really small sometimes. Has anyone noticed that? Like, it's really tiny. Have you ever had things, those crossroads in life, and you've done it, and it's worked out amazing? You go, gee, God, can you turn the volume up a little bit? Because that was really, that was really blooming quiet. So I know what it's like to get to the house of God. And sometimes it's hard and with kids and with rushing down your dinner or sitting here stuffing whatever it is. So let me just tell you, every single one of you, you're amazing, you're incredible, you're following God, you're full of faith, you've got a dream, you're doing great things. So you're amazing, you're amazing. I'm gonna share a message with you tonight that I haven't I kind of preached once, which is fun to do. It's, this message is called Proof of Purchase. Proof of purchase. Totally changed my life. Totally has totally changed the way that I pray and that I see myself in God's hands now. Totally changed it. Totally changed it. I've got two scriptures. I'm going to read them. The first one is in Galatians, and it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the Lord. Don't get freaked out going, I don't know what that means. Christ has redeemed us, which means he has purchased us from the curse. Christ has purchased us. Redeemed means to pay the payment that's required. He did that. Christ paid the payment that was required, and He bought us. Another scripture I'm going to share with you is 1 Corinthians 6.20, which says this, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. I work for two different uh, television networks. I work for Channel 7, and I woo, and I work for TBSN. Uh, <laughs> TBSN is the television shopping network. And uh, God drives me crazy sometimes because He sometimes speaks to me while I'm at work. Not just while I'm at work, but while I'm on air. Not just while I'm on air, but while I'm on live television. And it's really inconvenient, but he, I'm sure He thinks it's funny. And I was, I was doing a, a show uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it was, it was a Philips show, the brand Philips, and we were doing the Philips air fryer. Anyone got one? Oh, it's good. It's really good. Roast chicken, 25 minutes, no heat up time, start to finish. With a regular oven, you've got to heat the oven up. That's a good 10 minutes there. And then you've got to put it... Anyway, Philips air fryer. You've got to get one. If you see them, they're good. You can get the analog and the digital version. Anyway, we were doing the extra, extra large digital version, and we were doing a chicken in there, and anyway, I'm talking to the guest, lovely lady by the name of Gabby, Gabby from Phillips, and we're chatting, and, and I said, Gabby, it's, it's great, the air fry is so fantastic. She said, yeah, Jamie, it is so fantastic, but it's an extra special deal today, and I said, is it, Gabby? She said, yes, Jamie, it is. And I said, what's the extra special deal? She said, not only is it a fantastic price, Jamie, there's also a $50 cashback. Shush, a $50 cash back. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's not bad. $50 cash back. It's like saving $50. And I said, well, uh, $50 cash back. How do you get the cash back? And she said, Jamie, it's by redemption. Cue God in my ear. And all of a sudden, she says, it's by redemption. And in my ear, I'm hearing Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the Lord Christ has purchased us back and I'm going okay it's by redemption it has to be redeemed the $50 cash back Gabby has to be redeemed she's saying yes Jamie it has to be redeemed I said how does redemption work and I'm sort of like how does redemption work caught in between two worlds, and um, she said, Jamie, well, when you get the air fryer home, it comes with a receipt that's stuck to the box, and I said, that's cool. What do you do next? She says, you take take your phone, you take a photo of the receipt, and then you send the receipt, email it to Philips, and they send you the $50 cash back, and I said, oh, that's really cool. That's really cool by redemption. I said, why do you need to take a photo of the receipt and send it to Philips? She said, well, they need that because that's the proof of purchase. And as soon as she said proof of purchase, this thing in my head starts going, so what is it about the blood of Jesus that's redeemed us? What is it about the blood? Why is the blood so jolly powerful? Why do parents pray the blood over their kids all the time? What is it about the blood? What is it about the blood that makes the devil freak out? And why is he so terrified about it? What is it about the blood? Does it have some sort of magical, intrinsical power all into itself? No, it doesn't. The blood is the proof of purchase. And I'm going, and I'm going, I just wanted to jump up and down and grab her and put her head in the air for Isn't that brilliant? I've never written, "bun ding, ding, ding. I never realized the blood was a proof of purchase. This changes everything. And then she's talking and I'm a mess for the rest of the hour. And I'm immediately thinking about the Israelites in Egypt and the Israelites, and God says to the Israelites, he says, hey, you guys, um, the angel of death is gonna come into town killing all the firstborn, because he wanted to get the Israelites out of Egypt where they'd been slaves for 400 years. And he said, death is going to come into town. But what I want you to do is I want you to get a lamb, funny that, and I want you to kill it. And I want you to get the blood of the lamb and shivers. And I want you to put it on your doorposts on the sides. And I want you to put it on the top of the doorpost, And I want you to put it down the other side. And then what's gonna happen is the angel of death is gonna come along and he's gonna see the blood and he's gonna pass over the top and it made me think well I'm still doing an air fryer show and it made me think what is it about the blood that death had to pass over was it because the blood was had this weird power in itself was it kind of weird and spooky the blood did the angel of death go uh, no the blood was a proof of purchase that's all it was Was death afraid of the people that lived in that house? No, he was afraid of who they belonged to. It was a proof of purchase that they belonged to God. So the angel of death had to pass over. I used to think that Passover was the name of a festival, which it eventually was, but it wasn't originally a name of a Passover. Passover Passover was a command. It was like the angel of death coming. No, sorry, Passover, angel of death, knocked on the door. Hi, I'm here to kill your firstborn. Oh, sorry, look, blood on the door. Oh, excuse me, I'll keep going. Yes, Passover, Passover. We got the proof of purchase. This has totally changed the way I pray for my kids now. Oh my gosh, my son Maverick. Top Gun movie coming out soon, my son Maverick. (laughs) I was a bit crooked the other day, and I swear, after I got this revelation, I put my hand on him in his bed at home, and I was going to pray my normal prayer, Lord, I just pray healing for him. And do you know what came out of my mouth? Passover. Passover sickness. You cannot touch this boy. He is the proof of purchase. He belongs to God. You cannot touch him. Can I preach this just for a second here? I'm going to get preachy for a second. I don't know what you're facing at the moment. And if you've got sickness and disease coming against you in your life, if you've got depression, if you've got anxieties, you speak to that jolly thing. I don't care how young or how old you are. You tell it, pass over. You pass over here. I belong to God. I belong to somebody. I got the proof of purchase. I was hearing about a guy, not afraid of the people in there, but afraid of who they belong to. I was reading about a guy uh, this week. Called Henry Stanley. Anyone heard of Henry Stanley? You probably never have. Doesn't matter. He was an explorer of Central Africa in the mid 1800s. So he's this little white skinny guy, English guy, and he's Welsh. I think he was. And he's in the middle of Africa with his translator. You know, traveling through Africa, explorer. And and it, and it seems that he came across this tribe, and and the the, the chief of this tribe said, I want your goat, because he had a goat, because he couldn't eat the African food, it made him sick, so he had a goat, and he'd drink the milk instead, and he would stay alive, and the chief goes, I want your goat, <laughs> I don't know, that's more Jamaican, I don't know, he wants his goat, and the translator's going, let me try and work something out here, and, he, and, he's, and he's talking to the chief of this tribe, because he's scared he's going to kill him, right, and he goes, I've worked it out, they're, they're not going to kill you if you give him the goat, and you Cut a covenant with him. You got a covenant. And and Henry Stanley's Stanley's like, what does a covenant mean? He said it basically means an agreement that you belong now to this tribe. Ugh. Now you belong to this tribe. And Stanley's like, Great. And he said, What's the deal? You gotta give him the goat. And it's still, oh great. But you get to live, which is good news. Gives him a goat, and then the chief brings out this stick and he this stuff and he gives it to Stanley. And then he says, great, I give him my only source of life and he gives me a stick. So they leave that tribe. They carry on traveling. A week later, they come across this other tribe that surrounds them. All of a sudden, Stanley standing there with a stick and the whole tribe, boom, just backs right away. As soon as he picks up this stick. See, what Stanley didn't realize is that that tribe that he'd just become a part of, that he now belonged to, were the baddest guys basically in Africa. These guys were bad, bad, bad guys. And this new tribe woo, bowed down, not because of who Stanley was, but because of who he belonged to. So what was the stick? The stick was the proof of Purchase. It was the stick that the chiefs would travel everywhere with on a mission going from town to wherever they went. They would hold this stick and go, hey, I belong to this tribe. you got to back away. you got to pass over. I belong to some real mean guys. I don't know what's happening in your life, but you've got a proof of purchase. And wherever you go, the devil's got to back off. Not because he's scared of you. Gee, because he's scared of who you belong to. My God. Pass over. Pass over, devil. Pass over, Just pass over. Honestly. I love the story of David and Goliath, but it's always bothered me. <laughs> the story I don't know if you've heard the story of David and Goliath. You've got like a valley and you've got this land between these two valleys. Israelite army on one side, and you've got the Philistine army on the other side, and you've got this big guy. Goliath, who walks out in front of the Israelite army and he's standing there and he's going, send me a man and I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna rip his arms off and pull his head off and and just smash him. And from the Israelite army comes out this young shepherd boy, dude. And Goliath's there just yelling abuse at David. I'm gonna kill you, I'm gonna kill you. And David comes out with the most random thing to say to a giant. He goes, you uncircumcised Philistine. (laughs) Was he trying to shame him into submission by describing his genitalia in public? It's like, David, don't. No, we know about you, Goliath, downstairs. Don't, David. Just leave it. We're supposed to be fighting. Enough of this. That's childish, David. No. (laughs) But You imagine, David don't all these soldiers around don't talk about that yeah it wasn't that but it's an odd thing it's an odd thing is use your first port of call when you're facing a giant you i know you uncircumcised philistine it's crazy i thought it was just abuse i've read the bible for years oh my gosh years. I've been preaching for years. I thought it was abuse. I did. I thought he was just like calling him a dog. Back, it wasn't. It took me a while to realise that back in the Old Testament, that circumcision was a sign of the covenant, the covenant that Israel had with God, that they belonged to God, and and circumcision was the proof of purchase. (laughs) So David's coming out to face Goliath and he said, dude, I got dude, I got the proof of purchase. Gee, more nudity. We had nudity this morning as well. Sorry. He's gone, I got the proof of purchase. You don't. I win, you lose because you're not fighting against me, Goliath. Oh my gosh. Let me say this. Can I say this? Can I say, I'm going to go there. David actually, after he says, you uncircumcised Philistine, he says, I was, okay, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you, Goliath. This is it. <laughs> you uncircumcised Philistine. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to cut off your head. And then I'm going to give your head to the dead bodies of... And to, to the uh, and I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals around. Like filthy trash talking, filthy trash talking, all because you're an uncircumcised Philistine, because you're not in covenant with God, and I am. Uh, and then he says this crazy thing, and he says, and he says, this battle belongs to the Lord. Anyone heard that? And I thought that's just a cool name for a song. Isn't it David? David was a harpist. Isn't that just a cool name for a song? Or in other words, in the New Living, it says, this is the Lord's battle, Goliath, uncircumcised Philistine. This is the Lord's battle. Actually, Goliath, I'll make it clearer for you. The Lord's battle. He's going to be the one fighting this battle. In other words, Goliath, I'll make it even clearer. I'm actually not the one fighting this battle. You shouldn't be afraid of me, Goliath. You should be afraid of who I belong to you see I've got a proof of purchase so you can just pass over you can just move hold on hold on God. hold on that what's that got what's that got you want me to what how do you want me to take him down with it just with a little stone really a tiny stone in it it's pretty embarrassing for him God really I'll do it and he gets a stone. he's like donk I mean it's embarrassing right the battle is the Lord's I don't know why you're facing it at the moment But you belong to God. You belong to God. And you've had a, you belong to God. I say, you belong to God. My gosh. Pass over this junk. Gosh, whatever it is. My daughter, um, Bella, or my wife, Selena, I'll put it this way. My wife, uh, uh, she miscarried with our first child. And then, um, which is tough. And I know it happens. It's tough. And then, And then she got pregnant again uh, about six months later. And it was about 10 weeks in and things went wrong. And it looked like we were going to lose our second. I was like, dang, God. You know, I prayed and believed God and confessed and done all the right things. And I was really disappointed. And so I said to Selena, you know, I think we should pray. It's always a good idea. I fell to pray and I put my hand on her belly and I prayed. And I saw a picture. And I saw a picture of these like branches dipping in blood and going whew, over her tummy and over her head. And I said, Selena, I saw this. This is the picture I saw. I saw blood going over your tummy and blood going over your head. And at that stage, and I said, I don't know exactly what this means, babe, but I think it means that everything is going to be all right I'm still trying to teach Bella to drive. She's 18. It's been two years now. She's a monkey. Everything was all right. I remember Selena, though, when she was even in the operating theater, she had to have an emergency seizure. And she said, I'm scared. And it just popped back into my head again. Don't worry. The baby will be all right. And you'll be all right. But I didn't realize back then. I thought it was just God giving me a nice gesture just hey the blood of Jesus don't forget the blood of Jesus hey what about that he was saying no this baby belongs to me and Selena belongs to me this is a proof of purchase this is a proof of purchase you belong to me and I know you might be sitting here this one tonight and you might be going, yeah, yeah, yeah. it all sounds very good But if it's really that important, Jamie, if it's really that important, don't you think Jesus would have instituted something that would be a reminder of this proof of purchase thing? Don't you think he would have got the disciples together maybe for a dinner sometime and maybe organized some sort of thing and said, hey there, oh, he did. And he said, you guys, this is the proof of purchase. He actually said, this is my cup of the new covenant. This is a symbol, and it's confused me for years. And even recently, you know, I'll do communion, I'll still go, I don't really get it, but it seems nice. I don't know what I'm doing. I didn't realize that it was a symbol of the fact that I belonged to God. And this is a symbol of the proof of purchase in every area of my life. I don't know the way that you've been praying at the moment, but I can tell you right now that God wants to tell you that you belong to Him, and you need to get up on the inside. I don't know if you're facing torment. I don't know if you're facing struggles. I don't know if you're facing anxiety, if you're facing depression, but enough's enough. You've been bought and paid for, and if you're thinking here today, no, that's all right. I, I, can, I can purchase the, the, that, that from God by, by being good. You can't. You do not possess the currency required for salvation. You don't possess it as much as I can't go to Target and buy a box of chocolates with a bag of shells. Someone say, wrong currency. Wrong currency. His shell's can I have favorites. No, you can't. It's wrong currency. There's only one thing. (sighs) That purchases salvation. How God purchased you. One thing, it cost him so much. It cost him the life of his son on a cross, the blood of Jesus. And now it's over you. I don't know if you are sitting there tonight and you wonder why you can't do some things. I remember when I was kind of half away from God, one foot in the world, one foot with God, too much of God to enjoy the world, too much of the world to enjoy God. And I was in this place. And I remember I was on this was backpacking around in a place called Tenerife. Anyone been there? Anyway, and I was there and it was a party place. And I remember we'd gone out for a big night. And the next morning I was sitting with a mate of mine and we're sitting on this hill near the beach. And I said, this drives me crazy. I said, I don't know why I pursue, and I, sw- I am miles away from God at this stage. Miles away from God. And I said to him, I said, I don't know why I pursue this lifestyle. Because the next day I always hate myself. It was the weirdest thing. It came out of my mouth. And I went, what am I saying? It was the strangest thing. And then I thought to myself in my head, and I thought, maybe it's because... I grew up in a Christian home. That's why I hate it deep down so much. And it's not. It's not because I grew up in a Christian home. It's because I belonged to God all that way back then. I belonged to Him. And you might be here tonight, you're wondering, gee, I'm doing stuff and, and I hate it and I don't know why. I can't sin properly. I can't do stuff I kind of want to do. It just messes up my life. And you might be going, well, maybe it's because I kind of went to church when I was young. I'll tell you why it really is. It's because you belong to God. (laughs) Full stop. You are His. You can't change it. You can't water it down. You can't do anything about it. I would go out and get smashed. And then the next day I would come home listening to The Boons. Anyone heard of The Boons? Pat Boone, thank you, Clancy's. Like old naff Christian music. Oh no, are they not that old? Oh, they, they're old. Old naff Christian music. Can I say that? Anyway, bless. Naff Christian music. And I'd go out, I'd get smashed. And then I'd come home, and my mum, well, my sister at that stage, would be playing the boons. You light up my life, and all that stuff. And oh, you give me hope to carry on. And and I would walk into the house, and the presence had got to be in the house, and I'd come in and go, oh, God. And I want to get back out of the house again. Why? It's because I belonged to God. And I don't know if you're here today and you've had a dream that's been put in your heart and you're fighting it. Give up. Can I just save you a a lot of stress right now? You belong to Him. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He paid the price for you. You belong to Him. And when He got you, He put a dream in your heart. Do you know what? I preach a lot of time. I talk about the curse of a dream. I do, for real. I'll just get the band to come up if that's all right. And I, I talk about the curse of a dream. And the reason I talk about the curse of a dream is that God, you put this dream on the inside of me and it drives me crazy going after it. But if I don't, I'll go more crazy. And that is to do with the proof of purchase that he puts something on the inside of you <laughs> that will never go away. Take it from me. I've tried. I've negotiated with him. I've told him, God, let's just dial that dream down. Let's pull back a little bit. Let me go halfway into the bushes, for those of you that saw this morning. Let me just dial it back down, that dream. And I feel like he's said to me, no, Jamie, I can't, because I've already paid the price, and you're, you're mine, <laughs> and you're mine forever. I want to pray for you tonight as we finish up. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, I thank you this morning, tonight, I should say, for your presence. I thank you, God, for that proof of purchase. I thank you for a new way to pray, God. I thank you for a new way to stand, a new way to know that you are with us you've paid a high price, not just a high price, the only price that can be paid. You know, you might be here tonight, and you don't know the Lord. Maybe you grew up in a Christian home, and now you're miles away from Him, and you're not exactly sure how it went down. Maybe it was like me. I grew up in a kind of a Christian home, and my mom was the one who started it. When I turned 10, she... She died and we just stopped going because she was the one who started it and we just stopped going as a a family. And I remember I still kind of loved God, but I couldn't live the way He wanted me to live. Gee, I wish I'd known I belonged to Him that whole time. It would have saved me a lot of stress. If you're here tonight maybe and you don't know Him, I'm going to pray a prayer in about 30 seconds, and it's a really simple prayer, and it's a prayer that invites God into your life. For real. You might have heard a cliche of God knocking on the door of your heart. Knock, knock, knock. It is kind of like that. It's kind of like that. It's like a goon, goon, go on your heart. And he's going, hey, hey, remember me remember me, remember me. Maybe you're here tonight and, and it's not so much that it's your first time inviting the Lord into your, into your life, but maybe you've fallen away from God. Maybe you knew Him when you were young and something happened. It just, I don't know, it's just like me, it just got weird and you've fallen away from God. And tonight, <laughs> you want to pray a prayer. That brings you back to Him and say, I want to come back to you, Lord. I want to come back. I've been miles away. I forgot that I belong to you. I can't live a double life anymore. I want to be yours, God. Right here, right now, I want to pray a prayer for those two people. People who have fallen away from God or people who have never known the Lord. And this prayer is quick and it invites the Lord into your life. And everything changes. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, right here, right now, if that's you and you want to pray this prayer, I don't want you to get up. I don't want you to do anything weird because I hate weird things. But what I do want you to do while you're there, head bowed, eyes closed, is just slip up your hand and go, yes, me. This is you saying this to God. Yes, me. Jamie, this is me. I want to pray this prayer that invites the Lord into my life. If you're here saying, yeah, Jamie, that's me. I want to pray this prayer. Awesome. Awesome. you going, yeah, that's me. Awesome going, yeah, I want to pray this prayer. I want to pray a prayer tonight that to ask the Lord into my life. Thank you, Jesus. Or once again, too, maybe you don't know the Lord, or maybe you've fallen away from Him, and tonight you want to come back. Then you two slip up your hand, I'd love to pray with you as well. Say, yeah, that's me. Jamie, I want to pray that prayer. I want to come back to the Lord tonight. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to pray a prayer right now. And I don't just want the people who popped up their hands to say it. I want every single person to pray this prayer with me right across the place. Otherwise, you'll feel weird saying it on your own. I want you to pray this after me. Father in heaven, I ask Jesus into my life. I ask to be born again. Forgive me of my past. Thanks for my future. And fill me with your presence today. In Jesus' name, amen. At the end of the service, if that was you praying that prayer for the first time, or the first time in a long time, I'd love you to come up the front. If you want me to pray with you, I'd love to do it. Absolutely would. God's got an amazing plan for your life. Today is just the start. Tomorrow is bright. You belong to God. You got the proof of purchase. You can smash any devil in their head because your life is going to be amazing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.